0: Everybody, welcome to another edition of Jizz Talking for a sunny night. We are here with Alex Jet. Alex, how are we doing tonight? Good. How are you all? Really, really good. I, you know, you—I've uh, seen you all over Twitter, and yep. I saw you did a scene with uh, my our friend Crystal
1: Davis. Yeah, she's she's awesome. Actually, my my girlfriend introduced us, and I I shoot with her any chance I get. Yeah, isn't she just so great? No, she's yeah, she's really awesome
0: and you guys had several good scenes I've seen on on Twitter and here and there. And and I thought, yeah, I got to get that guy.
1: (laughs) Oh, for sure. For sure. Hell yeah. No, I'm,
0: I'm happy to be here for sure. Yeah. I, I think there was a scene where, uh, you guys forgot your luggage and boy, you guys were cold and you had to snuggle and the next thing you know, you're
1: inside of her. Exactly. That's how it always ends in porn.
0: (laughs) It's funny like that. Let's, uh, (laughs) let's go back and talk a little bit about how you got started and, uh, where you started and, and how come you're in a cow outfit
1: sure so uh, this is part of my new project uh, usually the background would be a, a, a little more like farm themed with a lot of green uh but i got lazy today so i just left it the way I, I usually have it when i shoot mainstream stuff um but yeah no i've i've been in porn for i think mainstream porn almost six years coming up um i i got in because i was an exhibitionist and uh I liked fucking in front of people. Um, I did that a couple times for fun. Got picked up uh, by an agency in Vegas, and and then, you know, rode, rode the wave from uh, talent to producer director. So, um, but uh, the, the cow outfit is my my new project. hue dot com, and um, it's uh, kind of like a farm themed uh, thing where uh, it's all POV, and the girls are in cow keenies cow. Costumes and I fuck them, and uh, you know because that's that's what we do in porn. <laughs> yeah,
0: I've seen. I, I I went through your Twitter here a while back, and I saw you were in the cow thing, and then all these
1: girls were in the spotted cow things, and so yeah. Uh, do you, do you live close to a farm? I don't actually. It's uh the the thing that kind of uh, made me go for that concept is uh, over the past year I've started to have vitiligo on my penis, and so. It's now cow spotted it's almost like it's cow print and I was like, how can I like highlight that because I'm all about like highlighting anything interesting or different about uh, people and I'm like well if i I shoot the girls in a cow bikinis, my cow penis you know it's it's cow printed cock cow everything like uh especially with a green background it'll really pop and uh yeah so that was like uh where where the uh a genesis of that idea came from
0: I guess I saw uh pictures of that i really didn't understand what was going on so that naturally uh, uh, fits um a couple of years ago i had uh uh legendary porn star herschel savage come to my house and i'm in the middle of iowa north iowa okay and so he says i want to immerse myself in iowa living and culture i want to see some cows <laughs> and so anyway uh, uh uh we uh let's see here if i can uh bring up a picture of Herschel and he was all excited about the cows. Um Oh, it's perfect. Until he got out of the car and he smelled the cows. Yes. Yes. <laughs> thrilled about that. But yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyway, he, uh, he thought it was really cool that the cows were there and he says, well, they come up to me and, and the, the farm people I had, you know, out of the farms, well, yeah, just stand there long enough and pretty soon they slowly, slowly, slowly came in and he says, can I pet the bull? <laughs> oh said, my God! No, <laughs> no petting the bull. So anyway, he had a a fun time um, doing that. So uh, sadly, he passed away a few weeks ago. But uh, I saw,
1: I saw the yeah,
0: I saw that. Yeah. So and he was coming to Iowa in five days before he, you know, oh. he passed away on a Friday, and he was coming to Iowa on a Wednesday. So um, that's
1: terrible. Yeah.
0: Yeah. The only. The only good thing about it was he didn't die here, but that's, uh, you know, that's really
1: that's, <laughs> that, that would, Yeah, that would have, uh, that would have not been good.
0: Not good, so, but anyway, uh, that's uh, a little bit about that, but no, uh, I saw a scene with you and Crystal Davis, and I thought, you gotta be here, man, that's the thing, so Hell yeah, no, with, I appreciate uh, it. With uh, some questions here, get to know you a little bit better, James, is with, James, go ahead, first question.
2: All right, great to be, great to be here, How, nice, nice to meet you, Alex.
1: 100.
2: Hey, um, I started writing about the same time uh, you got in, and I remember when you when you first came onto the scene. Uh, since then, you've uh, you've shot for several different studios and several different. Since uh, you've actually made a pretty good little a sort of a little niche for yourself, a pretty good little name for yourself. Uh, what is what was probably one of the most memorable scenes that you've shot that you remember, and who's probably one of the most memorable people you've worked
1: with. Oh man, that is, uh, yeah, that's, that's, uh, tricky. I'll say, um, I did, I I think it was my first year in Los Angeles. I did a scene, um, and it was for a, uh, independent producer. Um, he, he goes by JHP uh, productions or or something along the lines of that. It, uh, was called fuck club three. And there were, God, I mean, you had like Chloe cherry, Mm -hmm. um, Uh, karma rx jennifer white um there were there were nine a-list uh female performers and then there were five guys uh myself included and it was fucking insane i had never done an orgy up until that point it was my very first one and i'm like before the cut i'm sticking my dick in all of these girls i'm making sure i fuck them all before we have our first uh you know cut and uh it was it was just it was wild oh uh, uh india summer was there like Oh yeah, um, it it was it was insane, and this is uh, this is before COVID happened, right. and at, when I was shooting it, I, I didn't have the uh, the thought, but nothing like that is ever going to get filmed again. I mean, you can't have like you know nine female uh, performers and and you know five male talent all all doing an orgy scene now, like with OnlyFans, you're never going to pull that many people into one scene. So yeah, um, yeah that was definitely like uh, it was just insane and i and, and i don't think anything like that will ever get shot again so
2: mm. well it, it kind of reminds me of like a browser's house or something like that It was just definitely it was just yeah definitely. just a non-stop orgy is all it is
1: yeah it was <laughs> it was fucking insane yeah uh, uh we filmed like 45 minutes a cut and then 45 minutes and yeah it was it was just non-stop
2: wow all right okay well thank you
1: yeah, yeah pleasure
0: right. I did. i didn't see india summer either was born in iowa or lived in iowa for a while and so it was kind of a Iowa connection. I just saw that online just a little bit ago. Um, let's switch things over to Lorenzo. Don't forget next week is our DC Exotica preview show. Always a fun time, and I've got some special guests lined up for that. And of course, Lorenzo and Casey will be there. And and Lorenzo, go ahead. Question for Alex Jet.
3: Yeah, hello to you, Alex Jet. And uh,
4: hello.
3: I want to ask about you. You know, you're not per se older. And you look younger than you are. Yeah. So you get some disrespect when it comes to getting talent for things that you're directing? Or has the market kind of been tough to you because of, you know, your perceived age and, you know, experience level?
1: Well, um, so there was really only one time where that ever came up. um, And it was a scene where uh, this, uh, I won't name drop or anything, but very uh, big agency, very big female talent. And we're on set and um, we're walking to the location because it was kind of like a, a separate location, uh, a little bit of public stuff we were gonna shoot. And she gets a phone call and um, uh, says, yes, yes, here he is. Gives it to the director, yes, yes, okay. And then uh, the scene's over, we're, we're done. We're going back to uh, the location. We're leaving public, uh, we're calling it. And so I, I asked later, and uh, the female talent, and I was, I was 29 at the time, and the female talent said she was too uncomfortable shooting with me because I looked way, way too young, and so she called it. Um, and actually, she paid me a kill fee, so I got $200 for her not to fuck me. It was, uh, uh, <laughs> it was pretty crazy. But um, other than that, um, that's really the only time, you know, the looking young has, has come up. Um, I think especially being a, a director – um, you know, a female talent on your set is going to want to impress you and it isn't going to, you know, do anything to, to, uh, make you feel weird or uncomfortable, um, or be like, oh man, you know, you look so young. Like I, you know, I don't know if I can really shoot this scene. It's always, it's always like a breeze. Um, and, uh, so yeah, I, I would say more so as talent, I, I think people may have been a little weird. Uh, I'm, and uh, I'm 33 right now. Um, but, uh, it it definitely has never happened when I was uh when I've been a producer. So like the last three years everyone has just been nothing but professional. So Well
3: that's good. You're you're fortunate at your age to be where you are at your level. You can only sure. go up like that. Definitely. So you, you you take advantage of the situation. A lot oh, wish yeah. that they had started when you had, you know, and got to that level. So much success
1: definitely. to you. Oh thank you. Thank you.
0: I should have you know Back in my running and gunning days, I should have had those girls pay me $200 not to fuck them. I mean... Yeah, exactly, right? It would have been a whole hustle. I'd be a millionaire today.
5: <laughs>
0: I got out of a car, and I was just shit-faced. And I, I said, I'm going to kiss the first girl I see. And then I leaned over and puked. And uh, I walked to the bar and kissed some gal, and she seemed to enjoy it. But, God, I wouldn't have wanted to taste that. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, there's no money exchanged. Hey Denner's with us, Dinner, a first timer. How are we doing, dinner? Well, I'm fine. Uh
6: I'm trying to, to listen carefully because English is not my first language. But uh I, I'm I'm hearing the Alex and I I'm liking I I accompany him on Twitter. I like his Twitter. I'd like to ask him something. Uh Go ahead. Alex,
1: yeah, yeah, oh yes, yeah.
6: Oh, oh okay. Yeah, sorry, uh, <laughs> I, I, I like to to watch your, are your, your social medias, and uh, I, I like to ask you if you would like to, you know, someday starting on bisexual porn, and if you were, and if you were going to do that, what, uh, what are the male talents that you like to to work with?
1: For sure. For sure. Yeah, no, I definitely. So I started uh, my my first experience with porn just in general was when I was 21 uh, living in San Francisco. And I did uh, a gay blowjob scene. And then I, I literally didn't do porn again until um, I got in the industry at, at uh, I think I was 27 or 28. Um, so I've definitely I've started doing it back then. But. Um, uh, and then I, when I came into the industry, I was starting with trans born. Uh I've recently started working with trans women again. Um, but that's kind of now my Hugh Cow stuff has taken full focus. Um, uh, so I'm like kind of putting that on pause. And then I am planning to do bisexual eventually. Um, that's another thing where it's like, uh, I can only put so much energy into so many different things. And so I want to put everything behind Hugh Cow, get that rolling, um, okay. get it to where it's, four scenes per month. And then from there, uh, start doing bisexual scenes, um, especially with my girlfriend, uh, because she shoots uh, bi stuff. So with two guys, you know, mm-hmm. uh, pretty regularly. And um, I'll be one of those guys eventually to, to do that with her. But it's like, I don't want to confuse my fans too much. You know, if they start seeing me in, in bisexual and gay stuff, are they really going to be as interested in the Hugh Cow stuff? but um, it's definitely, it's on the table. If I had to give like a timeline, I'd say like probably sometime in the next like year and a half or two years, something like that. Cause I, I really, I have a lot of faith that Hugh is going to do well. So, um, so that's kind of like where I'm at with that.
6: Okay. Thank you so much.
1: For sure. Definitely. And thank you, Dennis, for for stopping by. I saw
0: on our Facebook group, you, you couldn't wait to meet Alex. And I'm glad <laughs> you're here. And and we'll we'll wind around again for another question for me before it's all over. So we'll we'll get that done for you. And, uh, uh, Alex, do you remember back in the day they had Playgirl magazine?
1: Uh yeah, definitely.
0: Well, uh, we have uh, one of the Playgirl magazines Men of the Year with us. Okay. Richard Pacheco's with us. Richard, go ahead.
5: How are you doing? Nice Good. to yeah, meet you. you. Good. Um, more is to the point i did 10 years as a x-rated actor as well and director and writer and it was mm-hmm. all in the mid 70s to the mid 80s so i'm ancient compared to what you're doing um, oh yeah for sure
1: well like it's it's funny because uh, i almost feel like someone who's been in for like five years is ancient so like yeah that is uh that's uh yeah you're you're a veteran and a half i'm a grandparent of, of right, your right.
5: Of, of your age group
1: so Definitely. um
5: you know, I it's 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 interesting to me, and I've become friends with Patrick, and uh, he likes to dabble every now and then. In what the, we were part of, what they call the golden age nowadays, um, mm-hmm. mostly because we dealt more in making whole movies as opposed to just scenes. Uh, it was a different genre completely. Like you were talking about the orgy scene, I must have been in about thirty of those.
3: Where oh, that's wild. Uh, it, it, the
5: the general routine is you'd be hired for a movie, you'd have a sex scene you and a female yourselves, and then uh, all of the people who were hired to work with each other would come together the last day and shoot a giant orgy. So you do your scene and an orgy scene, and that was like almost every movie you were in. Uh, That was the uh, pattern of films back then. Uh, And it's evolved, obviously, to something very, very different. I applaud your braveness um, in terms of being able to multiply your uh, appeal, to men and women, and uh, in our day again, there were a lot of politics about that. Um, very few gay guys crossed over into heterosexual porn. Very few. There was one in particular named Jack Wrangler, who was very good, a very good actor. Um, mm-hmm. it, that made a huge difference back in those days because people were trying to make movies more than shoot just scenes. So um, if you could if you could play a part, you were a lot more valuable than just if you could do the sex. Although you had a eventually be able to do both well. Um, and also, once AIDS hit, it, anybody gay became absolutely not welcome. Because um, in the beginning, that was a, a, a gay a, a gay transmitted disease, viewed that mm-hmm. way, until um, the early 80s, when it crossed over into the heterosexual world. So to hear that the world has evolved to a place where you're now able to be all those different parts of yourself and not be uh, penalized by one portion or another for daring to be who you are um, is good. I think it's progress and it's also uh, pretty amazing for uh, in terms of just your own sexual evolution to be that available to all these different resources. I think that's very brave um, and calls for a, a well-developed personality. I wish you well with that. And just oh, hello, hello I want oh, yeah. to hear more
1: I want to hear more of your story. Thank, thank you so much. Well, uh, I'm going to go off of what we, you were just saying right now because, um, you know, it actually wasn't accepted until the last, like I'd, I'd say since after COVID really is when finally crossover guys were accepted and, and you weren't just immediately no listed. Um, when I started in uh, 2017, maybe it was 2018, when my first year in porn, when I got signed with an agency, there were two uh, moratoriums because uh, people had popped for, for HIV. Um, and uh, during that period of time, I had just started working. I was also shooting uh, with, with trans girls and I was on two agencies, absolutely no, no shoot list. Um, I was on numerous companies, no lists. Um, it was insanely hard. And if you look at my IFD, my, my first year in 2018, I think I have like 15 scenes and I was the same performer that I, that I am now uh, back then. So there was just like a huge stigma, um, which is actually why I became a, a producer director. Um, I never had any real ambition to, to be anything other than talent. But um, being on all those no lists and having that discrimination, uh, the one thing I noticed is directors and producers, they don't go away. They stay around. And so I was like, well, if I can invest all the money I make from scenes into film equipment, learn how to use that film equipment, um, become a producer, then all of a sudden girls won't be able to, to no-list me because I've shot with guys or I'm shooting with guys or uh, whoever I choose to shoot with. Um, and so that's that's actually how I ended up here. Um, it was because of this the stigma that I, I pushed through and, um, you know, I'm, I'm where I'm at, um, you know so. It ended up being a, a positive thing in, in in the long run, you know, break, breaking that down. But uh, um, yeah, it's definitely a, it's a good place the industry right now. But yeah, just a few short years ago, it was it was still pretty pretty bad. Those are some pretty bold moves. You have my applause. Oh, thank you. I appreciate it.
0: One thing that uh, I want to uh, want to get on is uh, Peter North, and I know he'll be a guest someday. He is working on a documentary of his, his career. And every time I bring up Peter North, well, is he going to talk about Matt Ramsey? Well, you know, he made his name as Peter North. And I guess I don't want to devote an hour to such a small portion of, I shouldn't say small, uh, a, a nice portion of his career uh, to uh, to another character that he really wasn't as famous for. I mean, he's famous as Peter North. Um uh-huh. Well, he would have he would have been penalized in that era mm-hmm. if right. he got because fa- there are a number of women who just wouldn't work with him,
5: uh, right. or you know because he's he's messing around with people who may or may not have AIDS, and there was no testing back then, so that um, was worth anything. So that was all the more reason we had to be as careful as we could be. Right. But I understand mm-hmm. why Peter would not want to jump up and go. Yes, I do that kind of work because that's the era he matriculated in. That's where that was going on. He would have been punished for that.
1: Right. Certainly. And even, sorry, just to uh, uh, jump in here, but even, even recently, uh, just a couple years ago, there was a performer who had started off with gay. And uh, again, I won't name drop, but he claims that it was some imaginary twin brother that he had, you know, <laughs> and he's a, he's a mainstream straight guy, very, very popular, but no, his, his twin brother. Who he yeah. is is done from porn. He was the one who did gay, but not yeah. not the other guy. You know. Yeah, it was so uh,
0: unique uh, when I was at the funeral of Herschel Savage that uh, I looked in the back, just right back of me, and there sat Christy Canyon next to uh, Peter North and how many scenes they had done over the years. It was kind of neat to see them side by side, and then TT Boy was there and, and I had a bunch of them like that. So quite a quite a
4: lineup there for sure. Hey, let's go to Adam and Adam well. Let's go ahead, Adam. Oh, hey Patrick. Thanks as always. And Oh, don't get me started with Christy's stories about the, uh, uh, uh Herschel's, uh, 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 I guess the ceremony. I don't know what they, what they refer to that as, but anyway, back to the, uh, to our guest, I had a couple questions as far as uh, both senses of the term role, because on the one hand, you know, you look at your career, and typecast is not the exact word, but, you know, you do look younger, and uh, so you do sort of get typecast in that same role. So, as you uh, look ahead to your career, are there any kinds of roles, or any kind of dramatic roles, or comedy roles, parody roles, that you would like to get involved in? And then, uh, you talked about your transition from being a performer and to a director and producer. Are there any other things that you would like to do in the adult industry or even the mainstream industry?
1: Yeah, for sure. So, um, as far as getting typecasted, uh, I always say it's so funny because like, uh, when I haven't been in front of a camera other than right now for, for probably about two years now. Um, and I would always, uh, uh, be the nerd and the virgin, and I'd always be losing my virginity. And the reason I stopped performing is because it's like a, I'll use like London River for example. It's like I'm losing my virginity to London River, who's my mom, for the fifth time. You know, and it's like <laughs> it's like you can see all the scenes. She's been my teacher, and I've lost my virginity to her. She's been my stepmom, and I've lost my virginity to her. She's been the neighbor. You know, it's like, but and and so it just got to a point where um, it it was just too, too boring to do the same roles over and over and and the same dialogue and, uh, you know, uh, and uh, just, just being that person, it, it it wasn't just not challenging, but it was just lazy. It, it always felt lazy when, and I, I noticed that when I'm even saying the words and doing the dialogue, I'm like rolling my eyes, you know? Um, So um, I think now, uh as far as roles that I'd want is I'm I'm so happy just being the gonzo guy, you know. Um I, I like the the POV. I like um, you know, not having to worry about uh facial expressions, you know, doing like the Brazzers shocked face or anything like that. I'm I'm happy to uh uh just focus on on making my stuff look as good as possible and having it POV, so focusing mostly on the on the female talent. Um and uh going forward i'd, I'd say um i want to get more into production uh i definitely right now i'm i'm you know uh, more of a, a pov director than i am anything else um for mainstream companies i only shoot like two per month but it would kind of be cool to um, take a step back and uh kind of like go around and um and help other people and produce other scenes and kind of like float and so i'm like kind of in more of an advisory role uh, for porn. So more of a, I'd say, behind-the-camera uh, type stuff is, is what I'd want to do more. Um, and I'll, I'll always shoot POV uh, because I love doing it. I love shooting Gonzo. But, um, yeah, I'd say it's stepping back behind the camera and, and maybe, like, settling down with one company and just being their producer and, and making sure everything gets done. Um, that's where I see myself kind of in the future
4: okay, now is there anyone that you have not had the opportunity
1: to work with but would like to work with oh uh i'm sure yeah i man that's that's tough um i definitely. i've worked with so many people that like I never even thought I'd have an opportunity to work with um thinking about who i i missed out on i i don't know i, I mean it's it's probably it's probably most, It's it's got to be some MILF that is escaping my mind, uh, you know, that I just haven't had the opportunity to work with, because uh, a lot of the teams are, are kind of more in and out. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't know, I, I couldn't answer that one, unfortunately, because I pretty much worked with everyone I've wanted to, you know, it's, I, I've been really, uh, really blessed, um, uh, you know, go, going into production, and then, it or, or you know, producing, directing, I could, and all my stuff has been POV. So it's like, if I wanted to have sex with someone, I'd just book them, uh, you know, for uh, for a company. And then, um, uh, yeah, I mean, so there were there were some on, on my bucket list for sure. And I, I shot them early when I started shooting POV. <laughs> so like, you know, um, that was uh, definitely when I started shooting POV, it was really fun because it's like, all right, who do I want to fuck? Like, uh, here's my list of girls I want to fuck, send to the company, you know, anyone they approve, I'm going to be happy but uh, but, I can't think of any one name that I, that I missed out on.
4: Well, thank you, Alex. And, and as always, Patrick, thank you very much for having me on your show and everybody have a happy Thanksgiving. You You bet. bet.
1: Great.
0: uh, Great to have you on. Um, Evan Stone once said that it's great to have a big dick, but you can't rent a car with it. And uh, when, (laughs) at, at what point in time did you notice that you just weren't like the rest of the guys in gym class?
1: Yeah. So that that is another kind of uh, a funny, funny story I'll try and uh, not take too much time here with. But um, I was always made fun of uh, growing up for being short. I'm five, six. But um, in high school, I was like four ten until like my junior year. So everyone would always make fun of me. And oh, you're so short, you must have a a micro penis, you must have a really small dick. And so um, I was always concerned, even though I was watching porn, even though I'd seen porn, you have the angles, the penises all look gigantic. I look down, and I'm like, oh, oh this, this must be tiny because everyone's saying that. And um, I lost my virginity while I was drunk in a male, uh, a boy-boy-girl threesome with my best friend. And uh, he whips his dick out to, to, to fuck the girl. And it is pretty, pretty average. I whip mine out, and they were both like, holy shit. And I'm like, it, is it big? I, I don't know, you know. And, um, uh, yeah, they both uh, talked me up a lot. And that's when I realized, like, oh, shit, like, I have a pretty good-sized cock. So uh, a drunken uh, uh, boy-boy-girl threesome is when I, when I realized it, losing my virginity.
0: I bet after that oh. nobody was giving you $200. <laughs> no,
1: right, right? <laughs> no. How, how old were you? Oh God, I was uh, I was either seventeen or eighteen. I I can't remember. It was one or the other. Yeah, I think. Yeah, yeah I I definitely I. You know what? I was I had to have been eighteen. And yeah, yeah, because I it was it was right after I had turned eighteen. Yeah, so. And then and then the the girl in the threesome I ended up dating for two years. So, that was uh, that was fun too. Excellent. So I'm sure word got around then. It did. Yeah, actually. So the day after I lost my virginity, I picked up a girl and it must have I must have just been exuding confidence because I was hanging out with friends. I, I met someone new and I went back to her place and fucked her the, the next night. So I lost my virginity. And then the next day I had already had sex with someone else. A star um, is born. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly.
0: Well, that's what happened with my corner was he lost his virginity one night and the next night he was in the porn business uh so yeah the second night he ever had sex it was in front of a camera that'd be a little pressure i would think (laughs)
1: anyway oh for sure for sure hey don't
0: go ahead go ahead
1: oh i was gonna say there's something about like you know especially when i lost my virginity because you build it up so much and it's like i i was 18 and 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 like as soon as i did it i'm like oh my god i can do this again i'm i'm gonna go out and just fuck everybody you know
0: (laughs) Way to go. That's for sure. Uh, don't forget next week is our Exotica DC preview show. I'm going to have a lot of the stars that you're going to see at the DC Exotica on our show. I know, uh, Nikki Dial can't wait. I'm working on uh Gigi Dior who's really had a fun time, um, with the business. I know we interviewed her first interview ever was on just talking. And so anyway, it's always great to, uh, Check back in with her to see how the career is going after we kind of launched her here on Jizz Talking. Don't forget, you can uh, make sure to subscribe and like and share and all that stuff on our YouTube channel. Uh, we're building that up as well. So you don't want to miss out on that. If you go to www.jiztalking.com, you too can own one of these Jizz Talking hats. And you can own one of these Jizz Talking tumblers. We have merch. That's for sure. Hey, hey, We're just talking. Nice merch. Yeah, nice merch. Uh, Anyway, let's go back to James for another question. James, go ahead. All right. Um,
2: About a year ago, that's when I I ended my, uh, my writing career. I was a reviewer. And one of the last scenes that I reviewed was a scene with you. And I gave it. It was really good. It was with you and Ebony Mystique.
1: Oh, yes. Yep. Yeah.
2: yeah. Now, I I've seen her in other interviews and she's very, very soft-spoken, very subdued. But in that scene, she was very boisterous, very outgoing. Oh, um, yeah. What is she like? And I mean, it's it's. and what would she like to work with? What was that scene what, like to shoot?
1: Yeah, it's it's funny you say uh she was subdued because um she was as bo- boisterous as she was on camera off camera she was wild she's you know loud she's she's she was like like she had so much energy and um and also uh it was september rain and amari ann i think were were also yes. in it too as yes. uh as extras yeah and it was it was all just fun um it was actually a quasar shot that um if if you all know know quasar mike quasar um, Yep. uh my one quasar. Of
2: my favorite yep. directors yep. i like those. yeah
1: Yep, exactly, and um and yeah, it was just it was it was super fun, super easy. Um, I, um, yeah, I loved it. That was uh, it was really great. And um, e- and Ebony Mystique is just is so much fun. Like I said, like definitely not. Uh, I would never peg her as being like a, 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 a anything other than like you know loud in your face and uh, but in in a in a good way. She's uh, she's really cool.
2: Right. Yeah. Because like I said, I saw an interview. I think it was with Holly with. Uh, with Holly Randall, and I think she was mm-hmm. very it seemed like she was very uh very quiet, very you know withdrawn, I guess I don't know whether she just wasn't feeling it that, that day i don't know, but yeah, maybe but that she was scene, nervous. but <laughs> yeah, but that scene was that scene was terrific. I love that scene
1: oh no, that was wild that was uh, yeah, it was a lot of fun, yeah yeah even even like the build up and stuff uh to it like because everyone was just going all in and uh, at you know september uh you know and and um um and Ebony just running at me in the beginning. Like that was, right. yeah, no, it was it was great. <laughs> it was really great. Right.
0: All right. Okay. All right. Thanks, James. Charles is with us. Charles, go ahead. Question for Alex Jet. Yeah, I love the cow costume. I just I
7: think it's great. Um, I remember back in you know, the aging myself, n- not as much as Richard, but you know, um, back in the nineteen eighties they used to have commercials for it was got milk.
1: Yep, exactly, for sure.
7: And so I was kind of thinking of that with you know the cow costume, and you were talking about the women dress up in cow bikinis, and I'm like, it just, it just goes together so well.
1: Yeah, I, I love I love the aesthetic of it, like uh, the, the the patchy black and white. And I mean, um, if if anyone goes to hughcowpov.com, Um, you can see kind of like I I have sex stills and stuff like that for free but like having like uh, a green like bright vibrant background with like the the black and white to it I mean it's really an aesthetic that like I haven't seen anywhere else and so I was like oh it it is so cool yeah I'm I'm all in
7: it sounds like it's very uh, I will definitely check it out it sounds like it's very kind of it's an aesthetic you know oh for sure I
5: I think you'd want to put it on to get in the mood yeah. Uh, all
7: right, I'm going to do a now.
1: Movie. Goodbye,
5: <laughs> Sorry. I <don't>
7: but...
1: <laughs> no, it's good. It's good.
7: <laughs> but, you know, I, I it was interesting when you were also talking about, you know, you know, doing kind of the stepmother things, because I could see you as, like, kind of being typecast as that, because you do appear to be so young and, you know. But I could also see how that would also get really boring, too.
1: Yeah, it's definitely cuz um especially you know one of the the other things about that is um as a male talent I've I've done uh over 600 scenes. Wow. Um, when I'm when I'm working with newer newer female talent and I have to be the virgin, I can't like lead them. You know, I can't right. like help. I got to I got to like step it's back and, and them kind of thing. Right, exactly. And uh, there was actually a scene where um uh, I was supposed to be a virgin I'm, I'm fucking uh, my my stepmom and as usually the way the way it's shot is as soon as the cam the sex starts is it's kind of like the script goes out the window like all of a sudden I can fuck and you know I know I do everything and there's this one scene it was a new company I was working for and so uh, sex is starting so I'm going and I'm like I'm I you know push the female sal- ass o- open to the camera and I'm taking down her paint and they're like cut they're like dude you're a virgin you're not going to know exactly how to pull her pants down, start eating her ass and stuff, and, and you know frame her perfectly to the camera. And so, um, yeah, that was that was I would say the only thing I, I really wasn't uh, wasn't a fan of with that is is having to be um, the follower and and not often being like the leader in in a scene.
7: Right, right. So, where do you see your career going? Do you see it going on the same trajectory? Do you like producing and directing? You know.
1: Yeah, um, I'm, I'm definitely, I'm really late to the content game uh, because I always thought, um, you know, there'll be plenty of, uh, of mainstream productions. People are always going to need POV uh, shooters. But uh, what I'm noticing is there's a lot of winding down of that, um, especially here in Los Angeles. Uh, and so I'm trying to get like on the content game now um ideally in in the next couple years uh Cal will be my primary focus and then maybe shooting a little bit of uh uh, pov stuff for studios for a little extra income but uh i definitely want to um have creative control and um uh and the the finance from my own stuff to completely support myself which um uh, especially now with how many people are uh you know shooting content and um and our OnlyFans people, um, it's it's a bit of an uphill uh, battle. But uh, hopefully it, uh, you know, long-term works out. Okay.
0: Thanks, Charles, for that question, and and uh, we'll wrap things up with uh, with you a little bit later on. Um, now, when you got out of high school, did you go to college, or did you just jump into
1: porn, or did you go to work, or did you work at the hardware store, or what did you, what did you do? Well, that's that's another weird thing is um, when I was 18, I got hired as a private investigator. (laughs) And I I did that for uh, two and a half years. And then um, uh, it was for um, insurance fraud cases. uh, And it was the California State Fund was uh, using the the company I worked for to um, do insurance fraud cases. And um, uh, that got subcontracted out to... A company based in Texas, and so my the firm I was with didn't didn't get any work. I was the least um, uh, senior employee, and so I was the first to kind of get let go. And um, the the first job I had after that was uh, was working as the receipt checker at Kmart. So I went from a professional career, you know, as a as a private investigator to entry level receipt checking um uh which was the entry level um uh loss prevention at Kmart <laughs> um so uh yeah it it was it was a long road of a lot of weird jobs that I've done uh, uh since then and that kind of led me to sex work because I was like oh I can fuck people and get paid that's easy you know um and um yeah uh but a, a lot of odd jobs to get to where i'm at that's for sure
0: Sure. Do you do any uh, conventions, X3 or AVN or any of the Exoticus?
1: I don't. No, I, I have a lot of social anxiety. So I just um, I kind of like just being at home now. I, I don't really like uh, going out and uh, it's always too loud, like loud, loud places really <laughs> make me anxious. So I'm kind of just a, a homebody. And this is uh, as close to I get uh, now to, to going out of the house <laughs> Well, we sure appreciate you being with us, that's for sure. I mean,
0: but it is just too fucking loud at those shows. Oh my god. Yeah. When you're you're this far away and you can't talk to somebody and I hear the interviews that are done and many of I don't know how Jiggy does it because he stands there and yells into a microphone ah! and and it still comes over okay, but but man, it's just a lot of those interviews just get drowned out by the the background music, and no matter where you are in that building, it's just loud. Um, yeah. Denner, let's go back to uh, you, and uh, another question for Alex Jett here. I'm just talking. Denner, uh, go ahead.
6: Uh, you you uh, recently told us that you are a private investigator, and I'm a, a true crime enthusiast, so I want to ask, oh. did you solve any cases?
1: Oh, no, no. It was... uh it was actually, you know, looking back at it, I, I feel kind of bad because it was uh, mostly, you know, if someone has a, a permanent disability from like back pain or something like that, I, I was the guy who went out and would watch them and and film them. You know, uh, there was one case where a guy was chopping wood out in his front yard. And so I would film them chopping wood with a total back injury. And then we'd never know the outcome of the case, but I would submit the footage to the California State Fund And, you know, a lot of the times their insurance would probably be voided. So it was more, I was kind of like, uh, you know, more of a scummy kind of uh, private investigator. If you look at it in terms of, I I wasn't really helping society. I was kind of actually hurting society. So, um, but it it. was, yeah, but at the time, you know, it's, uh, it was like a job. But I, I definitely, where I'm at now, I like getting people off uh, sexually, and, and that makes me a lot more happy than uh, getting people's insurance taken away. So I, I, I made the right, uh, the right uh, uh, I'm on the right path. It got me to where I wanted to be.
0: I know. Thank you for, for your, your answer. Of course. All right. Thanks, Denner, for stopping by. Great to have you. Uh, Lorenzo, are you still on? And uh, if so, we'll uh, beam you back up and ask a question to Alex in chat. Uh, Lorenzo and Casey will be at Exotica uh, first weekend in December. I don't even have my new calendar, up yet, anyway. but they will be there first weekend of December. They've got a booth. They're always the uh, first couple of Exotica, always classy to the max. But um, we'll skip over him. Richard,
1: uh, another question for Alex. Where do you see yourself in five years? For sure. Yeah, um, definitely. Uh, I want the content thing. To, uh, to to work out uh, hucowpov.com I, I want that to be my, my primary income. Um, really just shooting Gonzo POV for a handful of studios or, or one studio in particular. Um, if uh, a company would take me on as like a full-time producer uh, so I could just work behind the camera, um, that would probably be where I'd want to end up just because uh, um, doing volume like I used to when I, when I started doing, uh, uh, porn is, is not really something I enjoy as much anymore. Uh, doing 15 plus scenes a month. I, I never want to do that again. Um, I'm fine with my, you know, five, five, six scenes a month that I do now. Um, so getting, getting to a place where I can make money, uh, behind the camera where I'm not having to fuck anybody. Um, I'd say that, that, and then my, my content stuff, um, taking off, doing really well. Um, yeah, I'd say five years. That's uh, that's probably where I want to be. Hope you get there. Thank you. Um, what do
0: you give advice, or what what advice do you give, if any, to younger talent? You know, I always hear, "Oh, I could do a porn," or I could mm-hmm. do you know, a lot of a lot of big talk out there, but when it comes right down to it, they they couldn't do it. But anyway, right? What, what advice do you give for younger stars or anybody saying, "Oh, I want to get in the business"?
1: Well, I tell, um, I tell everyone this now. Uh, so this is applies to male and female talent, but uh, do anything else. Uh, don't get into porn right now. Um, it is uh, not in a good place, uh, especially mainstream. Um, there's so much competition because of OnlyFans, uh, and companies are, are shooting talent less. They're taking less chances on, on new talent, really just shooting established people that um, – uh, it was already difficult to make money in porn before COVID um, after COVID and, and the rise of, of OnlyFans, um, you're, if you're a mainstream uh, female talent uh, you're going to be making, you're going to be in the higher tiers. If you're making like a thousand dollars a month on, on OnlyFans fans or um, you know, shooting, shooting scenes is you're going to be lucky if you get five scenes a month, if, if you're female talent and, and at a pay of a thousand dollars, I mean, I, I think already this year, inflation has wiped out a hundred of those, uh, you know, so just a year ago, it, the, the rate, you know, it, it'd be like doing a scene for $900 and uh, doing it at a thousand now. Um, so it's just, it's a really tough thing. And as far as male talent is, the base pay is is four or $500. Um, living in Los Angeles, if you're renting a room in Los Angeles, you're probably going to be paying, you know, a thousand to $1,500 a month. And so you're, you're thinking like, oh, all I need is like three scenes to get by. Well, then you're talking about transportation, you're talking about food, you know, and all these things add up. Testing right now is $200 a test. You have to do that every 14 days. That's $400. Like um, some people don't even have car payments that are $400. Um, if, you're, if you're always wanting to be on call, guaranteed $400 a month that you're paying for, for just testing. Um, it is... Uh, extremely difficult as male talent to get scenes when you start. Uh, you might, if, if you're on an agent's couch that signs you, you might be on there for three months before you even get a scene, you know? So it's, um, I don't know, it's it's tough. You want to get into porn, uh, fire up OnlyFans, start a Twitter. If you can uh, get a following there and, and start making money, maybe consider mainstream, but uh, uh, we're not, porn stars are not rich. Uh, there's, there's a a misconception that we're, we're all living in mansions and, and we have tons of money. It's not the case. Um, anyone who tells you, you can make $5,000 a week in porn is lying to you. Um, uh, yeah, I would say take a pass on porn, let it settle down. Um, uh, maybe in the future, think about it, but, uh, it's, it's a terrible time right now. So.
0: That's one thing I've, I've i've always said is in a multi billion dollar industry i've met so i've never met so many poor people in mm-hmm. my life uh, yep. people that former stars that have just you know where'd the money go and mm-hmm. current stars like they're to keep busy they're lowering their rate to keep yep. busy to make it up and and that's no way to do it either because the agencies and the and the people know they'll do that
1: so for sure for sure yeah, it's um, it's just, uh, and you know, it does benefit the the companies and it benefits the agents to to make it seem like we're, uh, you know, making all the, all this money, but um, when it comes down to like the performer level, um, you know, uh, most performers can't even afford a car. I think most performers live with multiple uh, roommates, uh, even some really well-established people, um, and you know, you're you're one injury away from not being able to pay next month's rent in in a lot of cases. Um, It's, it's really, it's a tough industry to be in.
0: And right now, even with exoticas, um, if you're an independent person, uh, you're looking at the transportation to get to one of the exoticas, the hotels for three or four days. Plus you're paying $800 for a booth that you don't know if anybody's going to stop by. If, if you're not in the loyal fan circle or, sponsored mm-hmm. by browsers or something like that, it could
1: be a long weekend. Uh, that's right. And, and that's another thing to keep in mind too, is uh, a lot of the people who do go to events, um, they're not doing it on their dime. Uh, a company is paying for them to come out and then they even get uh, a rate for being at their booth for a certain amount of time. So, um, you know, it's, it's definitely, uh, it's, it, I, I feel like if you're going to do mainstream, you have to start with like thousands of dollars already and and you got to just hope that if you wait out long enough in Los Angeles or Vegas or Florida, that someone will take a chance on you. But um, it's it's really it's really tough.
0: Yeah. Then one uh, one situation in New Jersey was um, somebody either didn't pass a test or they had there were some questions about it, and they shot with somebody. And then of course everybody who was going to shoot with that person shut it down. So that's a whole yep. weekend that they lost uh, mm-hmm. lost money on. And a lot of those are, you know, content trades or you do make a little bit of money. But, you know, I, I had somebody said, well, I might do a content trade with somebody. I said, the balance doesn't work out. They've got more fans than you. Yep. They would never shoot with you because if, if each person has 5,000 fans, then it's a balanced trade. But if one For has sure. 5,000 one has seven, it's not a balanced trade.
1: No, no. And, and beyond that, and uh, my girlfriend coined a term, uh, Lita Letharia, she coined the term uh, content pouncers. And you have these guys that are established that are content guys that a new girl comes out to LA to shoot, and they'll always be in your D- DMs. And these are big established male performers who anyone new, they're sending the same message out to. And you, you're you're never going to pay rent off of one content trade you do. Um, I always tell people when they come out and start shooting here, do not shoot content trades with guys or girls shoot content, uh, uh, shoot only solo stuff on your only fans and get the paid bookings. Um, you know? So yeah, it's, it's just, it's really, it's really tough. You, you definitely have the deck stacked against you co- coming out here right now because um, so many people will hit you up to shoot and, to be frank, you're, you're probably not going to make any money on it, you know?
0: Right, right. All right, well, we'll wind things up a little bit here. Um, Richard Pacheco, any closing thoughts on uh, on what you've seen so far tonight?
5: Um, well, it's uh, enlightening to see porn in the age of now and to hear about these things. that Porn has always operated on the edge. Um, it's a different edge in each generation as to what the edge is composed of. Um, so it's, it's fascinating to hear this. Um, this is a, a far darker view than I would have imagined. Um, there will always be a market for sexual material, uh, as long as we keep fucking to do pleasure and do procreation. If the question is, who's making the money from it, and how is it organized, and how does it fit into the legality of the culture? Uh, porn's under attack in big ways these days. And it looks like it's going to get worse before it gets better. Um, but here we are, state of the art. Uh, I'm, uh, In some ways, it's discouraging. In other ways, porn has never really been made, by and large, by the flower of the culture, by the artists of the culture, not the industry of pornography. Various artists have made things along the way. But the industries that have come along have been mostly come out of crime, uh, and they're always trying to figure out a way to beat you. So, uh, the ways you're describing people are getting fucked nowadays, they're different than the ways we got fucked in our days, but everybody was always getting fucked by the people that knew the game. Uh, yeah. And that's how it, that, especially like, Hollywood is a perpetual um invitation to fame and fortune. So this young people that drivel in constantly every year, fuck me, fuck me, and they get fucked um, mm-hmm. until they learn better. And you know, having been one of them, and you're certainly one of them as well, some survive and learn how to play the game. Others just get beat by the game and go home to the next life, whatever it's going to be. And that's going to go on.
1: Totally. And um, I have a more cynical view of, of porn post-COVID. Um, but pre-COVID, I definitely would have said, um, you know, it was a, a better, the ind- state of the industry was better. But um, uh, you're, you're competing now. I mean, if you think about just costs going into porn, is uh, base pay hasn't, hasn't gone up uh, at all. So we're talking $1,000 for a female talent. Um, you know, you might come out, get signed to an agency, and they know you're not going to succeed in, in porn because it's so cutthroat but they'll get those 10 scenes out of you and then you'll be gone. Um, now you have to, you, you not only have that, but now you have to compete with the new girl on OnlyFans who might, might be a girl. If she came out to LA, she would blow up and be a, a star overnight. She's not going to come out to LA ever. She's going to start in OnlyFans, blow up, make all her money on that and, and never shoot mainstream porn. So, um, the, the competition is at an all time high and everyone's a, 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 porn star now with, with phones. So it's just, it's, it's, it's difficult. I, I, I like I said, I, I'm more cynical about things right, right now, um, uh, post COVID, but, um, it's, uh, uh, you know, porn always survives, like you said, so it'll still be here. I'll still be here. <laughs> Other people will still be here, but, uh, if, if you're not already in, it's it's going to be a struggle.
0: And, uh, Lorenzo, from what we saw at Chicago and New Jersey, the appetite is there. We had more people that you could have sh- shook a stick at, walk through the doors in Chicago and New Jersey on that Friday night. My God, they were just out the door deep. So it, the demand is there, correct, Lorenzo?
3: <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Alex, are you going to be in um... – Chicago Exotica we we all have to get a group picture at some point uh, Patrick you know that
1: um maybe maybe eventually I'll be at one of them but uh I definitely don't have any plans in the near term I'm uh uh not really a, a going out kind of person um and now this is my my home studio in the background and so I don't even have to to haul around my film equipment to uh <laughs> to set to shoot so I've kind of gotten in the habit of never leaving the house and um yeah so uh, maybe maybe one day but uh, uh, not not this time around unfortunately
3: it would look big you know um, even if you had a little setup like that with 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 the cow print and everything a whole booth setup like that would do very well at exotica definitely It look cool
1: it look uh-huh. you know what it, I, I, I definitely if if I can get this next year like Qcal going and I'm, I'm gonna put all my money into it right now so if that starts to get some traction i'm going all into it and i i will i would love to to set up a booth and uh to you know really push it out there for everyone
0: all right well good all right lorenzo thank you for being a part of tonight's show we'll uh, certainly see you next week with the exotica dc preview show that's always a fun show because everybody comes in and kind of talks about what they're going to have at their booth and And uh, always a fun time. So, Alex, again, we want to thank you so much for being a part of our show. Don't forget that uh, you can find us at www.jiztalking.com. We're on Instagram, at talking, Twitter, at talking, And, of course, you can find us on YouTube. Make sure you like, subscribe, share, all that uh, cool shit. But, anyway, Alex, so great to have you with us. And and I tell you what, he was – he knew about time zones and he knew more about them than I did. I I, I sent the wrong time zone. Uh Richard real quick, go ahead. I wanted to ask you if
5: you would leave your email address with Pat so if we want to get in touch with you we can.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Uh, 100%. Yep. Okay, that'd be great. Thank you, Pat. <laughs> you betcha.
0: So, anyway, we next again, next week uh the Exotica Deeks review show, we'll have some fun guests on there for that. So, until next week, we'll see you we'll see you next week and uh take care.